Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 20. I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Simon Mann and Mr. Ross Smith. How are we both? Very well. Hello. Very, very well. Oh. How are you two? Hello. Uh, oh, I've been watching the um, the Trump-Biden political debate, so I'm, I'm just going to interrupt anyone at any time I feel like it. <laughs> I think, I think we're, we're, well, that's I think, how you say cheesy. I, <laughs> I didn't realise it was on box office. Sleepy Ross <laughs> Shut up, you clown. <laughs> oh. I started watching bits of it this morning when I got up and I thought, I'm going to be late for work if I carry on watching this. Oh, just, I, I forgot it was on and then I, I went on my Twitter and I thought, God, how... How anyone sat through the whole 90 minutes, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I'm good. How's everyone else? Very well, very well. I've got three things uh, that I can bring up. Uh, it's up to you guys which ones we talk about and in what order. Uh, since uh, we last spoke, I've had an orange twirl, a big oh, Chester Zoo, and I've had... Two new chocolate spreads. Wow. Well, we'll have to we'll have to end with a chocolate spread, surely. So it's up to you guys. But I've had a good uh, week. Let's do. Let's get the zoo out of the way. <laughs> Went to the zoo. Had a great time. Chester Zoo. And I thought because... that was going to be the end. Then <laughs> <laughs> wasn't too busy. It was, and you, know, you saw all the animals. I've, I've not been to Chester Zoo for, for quite a while, like five or six years. I'll tell you which animal remembered me. The yeah. elephant. The elephant. Uh, never forget, do they? They never do, do they? Yeah. Nelly just raised the, raised the trunk at me. Oh, I thought, I thought any... you... Yeah, so yeah. That, was, that was a highlight. And just a great day. Chimpanzees, the orangutans, lions, zebras. Loved them all. Did you uh, did you buy anything from the gift shop? Gift shop was closed. Ah, oh, not COVID. COVID secured. Not COVID secure. And Why is a gift to... shop not COVID secure? That's well, quite a confined space, isn't it? Hmm. I mean, I'd... Well, they're not but, just they're uh, not just put gazebos everywhere and made you stand outside and buy stuff. Um, well, no, there wasn't really that many places where you could buy stuff, actually. I think that's probably... So, Chester Zoo, my understanding, is they're losing money hand over fist, and I think that was... I think that is one of their big issues, but it saved me. Well, and yeah, I probably wouldn't have spent the money there anyway. I'd already bought the uh, ticket. Well, that makes even more sense to open the gift shop, then, for losing money. <laughs> well, I think, I think if they could, Ross, I think they would, but... Um, <laughs> where's the... Uh, you know, where's the... Take it with Boris Johnson. I mean, there's not enough animal furlough schemes going on, is there? <laughs> no. Uh, no. no, yeah, yeah, those giraffes are having to do double time, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what were the food options then? Well, I brought up at lunch. Oh. Oh, that's Frugal. what I always do. Like, yeah, whenever I've gone to Ch- Chester Zoo, I've always brought up at lunch. What was on the pat lunch? Uh, Belinda had made a chicken mail sandwich. Um, Did Belinda go with you? Yeah, yeah, and Chris, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Lovely day. I mean, I- just because when I saw all the photos on Instagram, there was no pictures of Belinda. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, no, we were all there. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Well, it was actually Christmas, Christmas present that we said we'd taken to Chester Zoo. It's been a slightly chaotic year, so we only just got around to doing it. But we had we had a lovely time. Uh, Did you give it a- sandwiches. 
bag of popcorn, and also uh, uh, Blinder had like made this like uh, cookie dough uh, biscuit type thing. That was really nice. Sounds sounds like a cookie. Uh, well, it's cookie dough base and like a white chocolate top half. Oh. But it was like more brownie type consistency, I would say. All oh, right. Okay. But it was lovely. What, and what was the weather like in Chester? Well, this is, it was super foggy yesterday morning. I don't know if you remember. So it was Monday. Yeah, it was, what, Tuesday. Horrible. It was Tuesday when we went, yeah. And so I, I was slightly concerned because I thought, does it get foggy in the Sahara Desert? I thought the, I thought the lions, <laughs> the lions are going to be confused by this, but it sort of cleared up. So it was just perfect conditions. So it wasn't too hot. It was just sort of nice weather to wander around in. Not like today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Weather today has been atrocious. Oh yeah, proper Manchester not, weather. I've not left the house, luckily. I I spent uh, forty minutes outside in the rain with one of the kids from school today because <laughs> he, he didn't want to go in, <laughs> and I. And out about 10, 15 minutes in that my coat is not water resistant. <laughs> so you're going to be launching yeah. Umbrella Club at Northridge? Well, I've got an umbrella at school, but I didn't think I'd be out there for 40 minutes. I thought I'd be out there for five or 10. And then I was outside on my own and I thought, I can't really press my panic button and say, can you get me an umbrella, <laughs> please? <laughs> I thought that wouldn't be correct use of resources, so... I said, are you not advised to um, to ask for a weapon when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was grim today. Yeah, absolutely gruesome. So that's that's Chester Zoo. Yeah, great day out. Let's go for the uh, what do you want? Twirls, cheesy. Oh, it has to be. We'll have to finish with this. We'll have to finish with a spread. Well, the orange twirls lovely, isn't it? I I really enjoyed it. That it's a twirl. treat. Twirl's really underrated as a chocolate bar. I've probably said this last time it came up in conversation. So, yeah. I mean, twirls, the Twirl's one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a flake that know, knows what it's doing, isn't it? But it's a flake that you don't have all the crumbs from. Exactly, yeah. Which makes it a better flake. Yeah, massively. And yeah, and, and pretty much everything tastes, everything chocolate-based tastes better with a bit of orange flavouring. It just works orange, doesn't it? One of the great combos, orange and chocolate, I think. So, where on the chocolatey orangeness is it better than a Terry's chocolate orange? It doesn't have the nostalgic value of a Terry's chocolate orange. And I think Terry's chocolate orange, just the fact you've got to tap it to get it. I mean, it's a real bit of fun, that, isn't it? The, <laughs> the middle bit is what makes the Terry's chocolate orange the bit. Oh, right. yeah, the core. Yeah, yeah, that chocolate yeah. core. Yeah. God, yeah, I forgot about that. That is a. <laughs> well, they should sell them, shouldn't they? Kind of is what a twirl is, isn't it? Well, we put, I, I, I bought a Terry's chocolate orange last week because it was on sale in Asda for a yeah. pound. Oh, yeah, you couldn't but, walk past that. Yeah, so I got one and uh, we left it for a few days and no one said anything about it. And then Claire said, Who's that chocolate orange for? And I said, Well, it's for anyone. And she went, Right, well, I'll have it. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, the best bit about chocolate orange is when you, when you, when you bang it to get it open, to split it all apart. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's quite good fun. And then the next thing, she walks in with it, and in the middle of the living room, she just, like, stands on the sofa, and from a height, just throws it <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I was like, I think that's, I think that's unnecessary, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure a quick few taps on the table would have done. But... Does she not put uh, chocolate in the fridge? That's why it needs that, that height and velocity to uh, separate. I don't know where. And no, it hadn't been stored in the fridge. And we've turned the central heating on, so it's... 
<laughs> it's warm in the house now. <laughs> is that what she normally does with a chocolate orange, or was she just well, feeling eccentric? Oh, I, I think she, I don't. I How think she threw it on the together? floor in the. She threw it on the floor. I mean, but you you don't have chocolate oranges that often, do you? Well, no, more, I don't. Than once, more than once every ten years. More than that. Yeah, no. No, we don't have them that often. Well, the trouble is, and then especially people there, don't you? But especially since the um, the snack bags have come in, you know, the little segments. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. the ones with the different flavors in, you don't. Oh you don't, yeah. You get the cherry chocolate orange without the the banging it on the floor aspect. That's well, probably why. Going back to what you said about the cord, uh, Polos used to used to sell like the bit in the middle, didn't they? Did they? Oh, they were super strong yeah. mints, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite. I'm sure. I'm sure that was a bit of marketing. I'm sure they just that wasn't the actual bit from the middle. But yeah, the times got tough for Polos, and they started selling the middle bit. I mean, I don't know what they did with the middle bit afterwards, but I think it was about the time Smints came out, wasn't it? Yeah, the jewel. Yeah. So, chocolate spreads then, Simon. Yeah, two two chocolate spreads, same flavour. I mean, what? How? Oh, I was going to say, how have you found two in the same week that you've never tasted before? Well, so this is the thing. So, Blinda bought both of them. I honestly, I thought I'd completed chocolate spreads. I thought it didn't occur to me there was more chocolate spreads for me to ever taste. I thought I'd just add them all. But um, yeah, so it's like a sort of white chocolate hazelnut type thing. Um, it's unofficial Kinder Bueno. So uh, you know, <laughs> right. this is this is black market stuff. Got it from it's home brand Morrison's. One of them. Right. That's good. It's got a slight, a slight sort of produced taste about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a chocolate spread connoisseur. Yeah, like it's you, got Simon, a slight so. sort of mass production. <laughs> Cheap chocolate taste about it, I would say. But the, you know the the general Kinder Bueno taste, but just not, just slightly not perfect. You know, it's good, but you know, it's still chocolate, but it's not. Yeah. So um, if you would have had it without trying the other one, would you have been impressed by it? Well, I had that one first, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I was like, wow. But that's just because it was new, and it's you know it's a bit of a different taste. Kinder Bueno, another very underrated chocolate bar, by the way. It's a nice. It's nice. Um, I'd say 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> the, okay. other, the other one we got was from, there's a place in Northern Quarter, I think it's called like Black Milk, and they do like, they're quite big on Instagram, they do like sort of very fancy hot chocolates and like milkshakes. You know, is, that you where, is that where you can have your breakfast? You can have your breakfast there, can't you? They do like cereal and stuff, is that the same place? Oh, probably, yeah. It's the sort of thing they'd be doing. They do those like freak shakes where it's like a sort of milkshake, but it's like got a brownie on it and yeah, it's like half the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they do it a version, and um, well, we also bought a, can- a candle from there. Um, I can't remember what it tastes like. <laughs> White that, chocolate think, and hazelnut. Yeah, well, might, that might also be Kinder Bueno as well, actually. Now, <laughs> and that's got a very nice smell to it. Um, and uh, but, but yes, yeah, so we got we also got Kinder Bueno chocolate spread from them, and it, it's just a, it's. Just like the Morrison one, but a bit smoother taste, I would say. Just a little bit nicer. An extra two quid more expensive, I think. Um, but it's worth it. Well, is it worth it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's two pounds. I'm not sure it tastes two pounds better, but it does taste better. It's a very marginal gain. I think, I always think with bikes, you know, the difference between a 100 pound bike and a 1,000 pound bike is a lot. The difference between a 1,000 pound bike 
and a five thousand pound bike, not as much. <laughs> you know, like once you get to an elite level, I think there's very marginal gains. So I think for, right. the extra, for the extra two quid, I'm not sure you're getting that much extra, but it is nicer. So a seven point five out of ten for the Morrisons. Uh, and eight, out of ten. No, that was a 7.5. Yeah, that was a 7.5 for a Kinder Bueno, wasn't it? Or was that for the actual... No, no, that was for Morrison's Kinder Bueno chocolate spread. That he's actually called... I think it's called hazelnut and white chocolate or something. And um, and an 8.5 for the the black milk. Oh, wow. So have you you eyed up any more? Is there there anything else in black milk that you've seen that you've not tried? Well, let's think when we were... Linda had ordered it online, and then we walked into town from ours, which is quite a long walk. And that like, is a went, long walk. Yeah, and then we went there. And, um, Especially for just some chocolate spread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had a day off, we thought. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, but then when we were in there, um, I got a phone call from Nat West, which I'm pretty sure was a scam, to be honest with you. So I went outside to set the phone call. and um, But... So, so I didn't really explore the shop enough. So I, I don't know what what other uh, delights they do. Oh, so you've, G- not to, you've not had to transfer five thousand pounds out of your account though to give it to somebody, have you? Well, this is the other. Sorry, fourth bit of great news. Uh, I've won the lottery in Nigeria. So <laughs> I've what, just got it. <laughs> it wasn't. No, are you sure it's Nigeria? And it wasn't the Gambia. <laughs> So I've just got to transfer some money to. I think he's like the prince of Nigeria, like, and then uh, yeah, so now be a millionaire. What? And oh, well. Nat West told you to do that? <laughs> well, she, she called me off a mobile phone number, which is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that that was raised my suspicions. But um, I mean, I just don't answer my phone. I find that well the because way. it was a mobile. That's the thing because it was if it's a withheld number, I don't normally answer, but. Because it was a mobile phone number, I did answer, but I thought it might be like a work thing, but it wasn't. Well, there we go. I forgot to ask, how's the football been going, Ross? Uh, so, what did I... We won. We won again. We won in the cup. Oh. Can't remember what score that was. Cup run. Yeah. Not last um, Sunday, Sunday before. Yeah, not the Sunday just gone, the Sunday before. Can't remember what score that was. Maybe three, four, two, four, two, five, two, four, two, five, two, something like that. And then in the league, we've got beat five, one. So we're, we're two losses from two games in the league, which isn't great. But we play bottom of the league this Sunday. So I'm hoping that our fortunes could be turned around. I think we've played in the league. The two, two of the teams that traditionally finish like third and fourth in this league. So how, getting beat um, them. How how impacted is selection by sort of who you're playing against? Do, do people like try and make themselves available if they know playing bottom of the league and it's going to be a chance to give them a bit of a talking? Or is well, it I just don't, you know, people selection based entirely around sort of when they're going on holiday? No, in the past when we played, I don't know this season in the high league, but when we've been in the lower leagues and it has been against the team that I concede in nine or ten every game, it's amazing how many times we've had like 20 people available to play. And then when we get to play top of the league, we're struggling for 10, 11. Which I don't know if that says anything about the commitment of our team, but <laughs> yeah. So no, we'll see what happens this Sunday. 
But I only played 20 minutes this week. Oof. Because uh, my groin, I, 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 I stretched and I felt my groin. And although I could carry on, I kept feeling it. And I thought, if I do do something and my groin goes, that's it for a while, isn't it? At your age? Yeah. So I, I, I sensibly said, bring me off. So I only played the first 20 minutes. Did you um did you just say bring me off or did you do the universal hand signal of uh, like the rolly hands thing? <laughs> oh, I did I did the I did the sit down on the floor to indicate that I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah, and then do the rolly hands thing as well. Oh yeah, so that's one you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was getting oh up you're all right from my team and well played from the other team as well. No, oh. I, I got a big yeah. So I was quite pleased with that. Did you get carried off as well or could you walk off? Did you hobble? No, I could walk off. I could walk off. So I was all right. Oh, it's, it's felt all right the, since. The, but yeah. the, the lads that come down with the stretchers, they, they didn't have to do anything. <laughs> no, no, no. They ran on and then just walked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, would, you would have had to go out in a minute. Well, just let me get my face mask out and be sock. <laughs> I'll tell you what I have done related to football this week. I have uh, I've ordered... A custom captain's armband. Wow. wow. So I've designed my own captain's armband. And what does this design entail? <laughs> so the design, it's it's three strikes. So I went, basically, you, you go on this, if you type in custom captain's armband on Google, and then the very first link, you can design your own. So you can choose how wide, like the width of your armband, whether you want it, Small, medium, large. What do you go for? Well, I went for medium because obviously large is more continental, isn't it? Yeah. Which I thought. Mm, I thought I'm not really. Awesome. I'm not Sergio Ramos to be honest. Was it not going off? Was it not going off like bicep? Like. <laughs> no, no, no. Because you, you can choose. You can choose junior, youth, or senior. Oh right, okay. So yeah, so I chose the senior, but then even for that, I went for the pricier option, the pricier Velcro option, instead of just. Bit of elastic. One, one simple band, yeah. But yeah, well, you're going to get a custom uh, one because elastic always kind of, you know, you'll get one season out of the elastic and then it'll start to fade. It'll start to loosen, won't it? Whereas, well, yeah. So then, uh, so I did, so I chose the medium, the senior socks and Velcro. And then I chose the design of stripes, three stripes. And then our club colours are red, even though we're playing in yellow this season because we got a free kit from somewhere. Our club colours are red, white and black, United colours. So it's got a red top stripe, a white middle stripe and then a black bottom stripe. On the white stripe, it says captain. And then it's got two uh, either side of the word captain. Block, block capitals it's got for captain or, or just written out like normal. Block capitals. Yeah. So people really either, yeah. Like you shout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it, either side, it's got, a, it's got the, bad, the club badge. And where oh, about that? So, um, and whereabouts did it say at the Mank 3? <laughs> oh, I missed that bit out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I've ordered that. And then I ordered a, a comedy one as well. That they already do. So it's like a cartoon kapow, kind of, and it says, Captain. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll wear that one down when you when you say Teddy to trading. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, just, well, you... I was gonna. I was gonna. If I, if I if I ever come off, like get subbed off, then I'll chuck whoever's taking over the captain. <laughs> I'll chuck them that, and I'll keep the proper one. I thought that was. I thought you'd say that for your night out. 
Well, I mean, I, I did order two custom ones because I thought, well, I can keep one <laughs> and the club can take one off for you if I'm ever not captain. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I've done that. Ross has thrown his toy out the pram and they're playing with two captains. <laughs> we'll take it, we'll take it off his ass. Yeah. So I've done that. So I got an email yesterday saying it's been shipped. As I mean, the company's in uh, Holland that do it. Wow. So I'm, I'm waiting for it to arrive. Now, how much and are the other Where it was... So the £12.50 for a custom one and then I think it was like eight eight pound shipping, but then I'm going to get some money back off the club anyway, so it worked out all right. And and the respect you'll get from other teams. Well, exactly. I mean, I have noticed since we've moved up leagues, a lot of them do have custom captains' armbands. So I was looking like the poor relation turning up with my standard black and white one. But now I'm thinking, when when I go up for that coin toss, yeah, go, oh, hang on. You're probably more likely to get the decisions from the ref now as well. They'll think, oh, these guys are quite professional. Yeah, I reckon so too. So so I'm pretty pleased, pretty pleased. I'll see what it's like when it comes, but yeah, it looks good. Could have done some advertising and got some free ones, but if, if, it's, if it's the end thing at the minute, the captain's well, an influencer. Could have, couldn't I? I don't know how many people would read the captain's armband, but <laughs> it's not a very prominent advertising space, is it, to be honest? Any space is advertising. No. And then the other thing I've done this week, we got uh, quotes to get our loft boarded out. Oh, we want to get our loft boarded. Well. I mean, this is where D.I. Rob comes in. I did my loft. <laughs> did you? You did what? Yeah, I did it. My, I, did, I did ours myself. It took me, it took me oh. a long time. So we, we phoned. So I, we, we basically found some extra money that we didn't realise we had. So I said, right, well, let's get the loft board out and get some blinds because we've wanted to do that, but we've been like, by, waiting to have by the way, I've... By the way, nothing screams um, custom captain's armband more than I've come into some unexpected money. Money. <laughs> 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 so, it's, a big, so we... it's a big hole you've got at the back of your couch. You found all that money down there. <laughs> <laughs> so, we said, so I said, right, we've got this money now. Let's let's. I said to Claire, phone up a few places, get like three places that are just local. We'll get three quotes and then we'll go with whatever seems best. Yeah. So he phoned up the first place and the guy came round and then he said, oh, we'll give you 80 square feet of, uh, of boarding. We'll put a light in and we'll put a ladder in. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be 350 quid. Yeah. So like, right, okay. And then the next guy comes and he says that he'll put a, he'll put a ladder in, he'll put 120 square feet of boarding in, but no lights, and he'll charge us £512, which I thought, you're doing less work there and yeah. charging us more. And then the next day, another guy comes and uh, he says he'll put 170 square feet of boarding in <laughs> with a light. He'll, he'll change our hatch up to our loft to a slimmer, to a narrow one, but longer, that will leave a hole in our ceiling that we'll have to sort out ourselves afterwards. And he'll <laughs> put a light in, and he'll charge us £1,500 for that. <laughs> now, I didn't realise there's going to be such a big difference in prices for putting some boards up in a loft, to be honest, but apparently there think, is. 
So I don't, I don't understand why. Why is there a difference in the amount of boarding? Surely it, your loft is a set size, isn't it? Yeah. So some some companies just offer like a set amount. So they just go around saying it's a set price and they'll offer this amount. And then if you want extra boarding, you pay extra. All oh, right. You can but board. I mean, eight. If you get in the loft, though, you can board. Like I, I've just done. I just did like a basic rectangle. But if you can, if you can get in between, like if you're good enough to cut in between, like the the struts and stuff in the in the loft, then you can make it as kind of big or as small as you want, really. But I've got just like a basic rectangle. I've not got. It's not. Uh, yeah, the I whole mean, thing's not boarded out. So I mean, how hard was it, cheesy, and how much do you reckon it cost? Uh. How much did it cost? It would, or probably would have cost just under a couple of hundred quid, I thought. But it did take me a week. And, oh, it took right. me a lo- and, it, and it took me a long time to get going. And did you put your own ladder in there? Or uh, was the ladder already I, in? I, I had to get my dad to open with a ladder because the ladder would, I had to get a couple of bits of wood cut and, and they had to fit. The ladder that I bought wouldn't fit on the hatch. Yeah, I had to put another couple of bits of wood in to attach the wood and that's why I needed my dad's help. But other than that, that was, a, that was about it. I'm not surprised you approached the um, shed project with such confidence now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've still got most of the I loved it. I loved doing it. I wasn't very good at it to begin with, but... Well, even got- I mean, I, I, I looked at doing it myself and I thought, you know what? If it's cheap enough to get someone to come in and do it, then I might as well pay the extra bits for someone to come in and do it and then they'll do it in a day. As opposed to taking a week, like yeah, because yeah, I think the light I've got just I just got a basic light from, and the light bulb, the battery in the in the light that we've got in the loft is going now anyway. So now I've got to I've got to make sure I change the battery in the light before the light goes, and I can't see what I'm doing. Well, this is the thing; it'll be a wired in light, won't it? So, so yeah, so we've gone with the cheaper guy anyway. It's coming next week. So, but I thought fifteen hundred quid to put some boards down, <laughs> and then you. And then you've got to pay some more because you'll leave a big hole in your room. Yeah, yeah. Then we got to get a plaster in to plaster well. the ceiling. Oh well, for a fact, I'm sure he would have said, "Oh, by the way, actually, for an extra two grand, I can do the uh, do that." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As you were going further yeah. and further, I thought he was going to say, "You'll need a new roof if I'm going to put this in." <laughs> oh, but honestly, well, I was thinking fifteen hundred quid. I might as well got a loft conversion. Yeah. We're starting on that journey, aren't we? I thought, no, no, thank you. Just whack some boards down on top so I can stick some <laughs> some rubbish I don't want to see around my house anymore. Uh, well, I've been treated. So is it all, it's going to go ahead, this project, quite soon? Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, right. Oh, Tuesday. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be all ears to see how this goes. No, I'm excited. I won't be in. I'll, I'll get home and hopefully it'll be done. Yeah. So it's all on Claire, really. Oh, so you'll, get home, you'll just hear the sound of the uh, the chocolate orange oh. cracking up there. Ready, <laughs> ready for a celebration. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably. Oh, she she throws it through the plasterboard <laughs> in the sea, right down through. To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I'll have to phone that expensive guy and say, "Look, <laughs> funny story." Um... <laughs> Yeah. Right, okay, should we start with the football? Yeah, let's start with the football. Let's have a break first, Cheezer. Let's start.
we'll have a break first. I um, I suddenly started to panic that uh, the signal had completely gone then when uh, we had a bit of dead air for a second then. Yeah, maybe maybe this programme just... Maybe this app just can't cope with the word football. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems to like us talking about us, we, our weeks. Yeah. <laughs> they talk such yeah. nonsense when it comes to football. <laughs> I'm just not going to let them do it. <laughs> Never known the equipment to dictate being said into it. Yep, there we go again. <laughs> has it done it, has it, done, has it, it again? Done it again? So I don't understand how it's happening. I'm going to say that's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two where we'll talk about Manchester United and Manchester City. <laughs> we'll talk about Liverpool and we'll maybe preview the, uh, the Tour of Italy and talk about the Tour de France and whatever else has come up. Equally, if you don't hear anything else, then you know we have technical issues. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast, where we are going to discuss the football. We have no technical issues at the moment, thank God. Um, so we will start um, with uh, the big story of the week, which is VAR and handball. Um, so that's dominated the headlines over the weekend um, with the game um, at um, the London, not London Stadium, but the game at Spurs on Sunday, um, being the game which was most talked about, which was the Eric Dyer um, handball. Uh, did both of you see it? I've seen replays of it. I didn't watch it live, but yeah. I, I mean, the big thing for me is it's not VAR's fault, is it? VAR is just a tool to make the rules happen, and in terms he was asked to go and look at the screen, wasn't he? The referee. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because it was ultimately his decision that was made, but um, the role that's coming this year, which is uh, if the ball hits your hand in the penalty area, then it's a it's a penalty. And similarly, if it hits your hand, if you've if you if it hits your hand in the build up to scoring a goal, then the goal the goal won't count. Yeah, but it does seem does seem to have been taken to the to the nth degree. But that's all they can do because if they've been told that's the new law, then that's the new law. So the referee who yeah. looks at it has to has to insert, has to lay down the laws as they're written. So technically, from what's wrote down, it is a correct decision. But in terms of practicalities and actually the feeling of the game, it's it's a terrible decision, isn't it? Yeah. Well, one of the th- I saw well, there's one stat over the weekend. So I think in Italy and Spain they they've this is their second season of this rule um and it showed um the stats from the penalties so i think last year we had uh, in the premier in the whole of the premier league last year we had 19 penalties that related to handball um, and in italy i think it was 50 and in spain it was 40 so the jump this year or i mean i can't remember, i don't know how many there's already been this year i think they said it was five or six so there's already been quite a lot anyway this year so it looks like we're I mean, 50 is at least, what, one a week? I mean, I think I read a thing that I think on the current way of the amount of penalties that have been awarded, we're on the, by the end of the season, about 280 will be reward, awarded in the Premier League this season. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a lot. No, because there's only, there's only 380 games. Yeah, but that's on the current rate of penalties. You think wow. United's game had, what? Oh, yeah, penalties? I guess it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. How many penalties were in the City Leicester game? Yeah. No, there's three penalties in there. They weren't for handball, though, whether they were. No, oh, you, mean, you, mean, you mean penalties in general? 
Yeah, yeah, just the oh, way oh, right, the penalties okay. are going, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some of them, we've got two penalties a game and some, some haven't we? So, um, another point that was made over the weekend as well, do you think that it's going to be used by attackers now in terms of they'll get very clever and they'll just kick the ball at um, the defender's hand? Because it was uh, made, because I think the, the bit that was made about penalties was um, players diving and, you know, attackers sticking the legs out to win penalties. Um, they kind of got onto the subject of, well, that's, is that not the same thing? So if you were, if you were sneaky enough to try and disguise a pass and then, but actually you were just going to kick it at, um, up, you were going to kick it up rather than across and try and get somebody in the hand, then you've got a better chance of getting a penalty than you would be. Because, Nobody's run. I don't know anybody that's going to be found like guilty of play acting or whatever it is that means that that penalty won't get wouldn't get awarded. Uh, no, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't. Uh, you'd hope to think not, wouldn't you? But until I imagine, until one person does it in the Premier League, then it'll start happening. Bit, I mean, I think the law will get changed anyway, won't it? Because there's there's quite a lot of outrage about it. So I think mid-season the law's going, the rules going to get changed to accommodate what's happening and the amount of ill feeling towards it. But I, I, no, I, sure I imagine you can't, you can't change the laws mid-season. And you surely they'll have to stick with it till the end of the season. Now, well, do you remember a few seasons ago? What was it? The pushing and pulling in the penalty area wasn't there? Like twelve penalties or something in the first three weeks of the season, and then we had the international break, and then you it just went back to people pulling shirts off one another, and then there was no penalties given. That happened a few years ago, didn't it? It's always the same. Something changes every year. They make sure that that's the rule they focus on more than anything else, and that's the bit that seems to happen more. I think, I, I, think, I think the fact that the Eric Dyer one's happened, which was so ridiculous in terms of being awarded for a penalty, that he's jumped, he's not even looking, and then he's at a hands behind his head. So he's hit his hand and then the penalty's been given. I think that just highlights the ridiculousness of the rule, which I do think will make it be changed, because otherwise... What are you supposed to do as a player? Didn't Keane didn't Keane say on Monday night that he thought that one was a penalty? Because I think Klopp said it wasn't. He, he didn't think it was. I think because they asked Klopp afterwards what what he thought, and he said he he said the Eric Dyer one wasn't. But I think that I'm sure Keane said because he jumped and he had his arms in the air that because his arms were above his head, I think that would have well may not may not have been given last season. But um, whenever you put yourself in that situation where you jump and your arms are above your head, then that normally results in a penalty this season, last season, any season, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's different if it's in front of your body as opposed to behind your body, isn't it? But if it's behind your body and you're not looking, then you... you I mean, surely the, 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 the intent towards doing something has got to be there. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, yeah. I, he I didn't accept. run up to Carol and throw his arms up in the air and turn around, did he? He wasn't charging anything down. He just kind oh, of... Oh, no, no. He just, he just jumped and... Yeah, I mean, I hope it changes, but like I say, like United got a penalty on against Brighton, didn't they, at the weekend? Uh, in the which was the first game in the Premier League that's had a a penalty awarded after the final whistle, isn't it? Um, but that was definitely a penalty because Morpé's jumped forwards with his hands in front of his face, so he's gone. There's no reason for his hand to be there while he's jumping forward because he's yeah. his head could have quite easily stop that but he's decided not to but the die one with your hand behind your back and I think that's yeah so how we'll did, see what happens 
how did it work then on with the uh, one that was awarded after? Did um how, like how far from the because it was was it Maguire's header that was that Morpay stuck his hand up for? Yeah, so the uh, so we won a corner uh, after Brighton had equalised, and the corner came in. Maguire headed it, and Morpay jumped and it hit Morpay's hand, looped up, and then got cleared off the line. And then Brighton made a clearance, and the final whistle went. And the Brighton players were all right. So we're celebrating this ninety-fifth minute equaliser. They got a draw. Well done to them. And all the United players ran around and started saying, like, handball, handball, handball. Then it got referred to VAR and then penalty was awarded. Ah, uh, right. Okay. I didn't know if it was uh, that everybody had realised that it was a penalty or what had happened. Because I saw that there was, like, more pay was celebrating and stuff, but I didn't realise. I, did, I thought that might have been the penalty that was earlier on in the, in the game when he'd scored. So I didn't know it was. No, it was, it was after, yeah. So it was all a bit strange. I mean, but that, I mean, did you watch the game, Simon? United. Yeah, well, I saw the second half. I thought you know, I thought United were lucky to get the win. I thought Drogba would have been a fair result. And yeah, <laughs> I mean the handball that that was one of the few handballs that, that maybe would have been given anyway. But yeah, the whole I mean the whole thing's a bit of a mess, isn't it? And, but luckily for United, we've got a brilliant penalty taker. I and mean yeah, the, the value of having a good penalty taker has never been more never been more important. <laughs> has it? No, I mean, what did you um, what did you make of the what did you think about the season ahead? I mean, watch that. You think it's going to be? Do you think there's still an element of United are two weeks behind everyone else because of pre-season, or do you think this could be United for the season that it's going to be a well, bit of a struggle? It's, it's demoralising. I think we got we got big issues defensively. I think it just all looks a bit disjointed. Every other team just seems to have got a bit better. I feel like every match is going to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I don't see us comfortably winning games in the way that we you know we should be doing. So, yeah, that, I, I'm concerned. I, I think it's a big week ahead. I think we do need to make some signings. I think someone, Gary Neville, said that United need to make some signings on Twitter. And someone commented saying, oh, well, that'd be panic buying. And he quite rightly pointed out that there's been a, there has been a pandemic this year. There's been quite a lot of time for United to get their, get their transfers in order. It's pretty embarrassing that they're, uh, we're into the final week of the transfer window and still haven't managed to organise anything apart from Donny van der Beek. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really know if you can call it a panic buy, can you? When it's when everyone they they've seemed to have needed players for for a while. I mean, the the, the panic ones would be like um, if we suddenly signed a centre half, or I mean, the news of we might be pulling out the Sancho deal to so then get Usmani Dembele on loan. Mm. That that to me would be panic because there was no mention of Dembele for all summer, and all of a sudden. Now it looks like we can't get Sancho. It's let's go for Dembele. That they then to me would be panic buys. Which if we've known, we're not going to pay. What uh, we Dembele want. is? Um, who's like a sort of French winger who's at Barcelona, very injury prone. But he basically seems to be refusing to leave Barcelona. He would be getting paid a fortune. I would have thought he would be getting paid an absolute fortune. Well, yeah, so Barcelona paid a lot of money from the time, didn't they? they paid about one hundred fifty million pounds just in transfer fees. So. It, you probably negotiated a, a salary that sort of suits that kind of outlay. And also, I mean, maybe he thinks with Suarez gone, there's a whole sort of a, a new time at Barcelona. Maybe he, he thinks if he stays, he can be like the main guy. But yeah, but he, but he just seems to be flat out refused. I, I heard he was offered to Liverpool, and, but he refused to go there as well. I don't, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think he wants, I don't think he wants, there was a lot, of, I feel like it's a lot of talk of whether Barcelona are literally just trying to get him off the books for a season. Yeah. Because I think Barcelona want to sign 
uh, the pie, don't they? It looks yeah. like they want to side the pie, um, which seems incredible enough in itself. Well, as a Manchester uh, United fan, you hear they want, <laughs> they want to get rid of Moussa Dembele because they think Memphis Depay is a better player. You think, well, we don't want this player. That's that's not Manchester yeah. United. <laughs> yeah. If he's not as good as Memphis Depay, then I don't, definitely don't want him. <laughs> yeah, it just seems... I mean, I went from the start, like the end of last season, to the run we went on to secure third, thinking, you know what, a good transfer window here, then we, we could be pushing, we could be pushing second. To now, at the start of this window, when and I mean, I'm like I say, I'm pleased with the Donny Van Der Beek deal because I think he's he's a good player, and to be honest, in my mind, he should probably be playing ahead of Pogba, um, because I don't think Pogba's been that great. Uh, in the in the two games he's played, but now we we just seem to be a, a met. We look like a team that's not strengthened really, and we're, we're playing the same eleven that we played last season, and it's showing. Whereas every other team, I've been out and signed someone and freshened things up in some area or done something. We just look like a team that's not had a preseason properly, and then has the same team, the same kind of plan that we had last season that people. Should I've been able to have six months to be able to watch and work out. So, yeah, unless something major happens in this next week and we get two or three signings in, yeah, I'm a bit concerned as to what's going to happen. I mean, maybe we'll get the players in and then maybe back end of this season, United will finish like a steam train because everybody else is tired and we had a slightly more sedate start to the season and, and you know, everything will be good and Ollie will be a genius, but... At the moment, United are so hard to watch. In every game, you think, you know, you almost watching sort of hands between eyes, uh, sort of between your fingers on your head, on your face because you sort of, ter- you know, you've got no confidence in United to just go out and dominate the game. I mean, sure. I, I do think though, I do think though, it's- from Ollie though, surely. I mean, I mean, I, United have not got bad players. All right, they've not got the they might not have the greatest players in the league at the minute, but like you said at the back end of last season, it was it was a completely different. United looked unstoppable every time they went forward. They scored most games. Didn't they go on the, didn't they score four goals in a game for like five games in a row? Oh no! Where, I, where's that yeah. United gone? But that's what I mean. I think. But then you look at like Everton. They've got a whole new midfield, haven't they? City. I know. Well, they've been out. And, they bought Ruben Diaz today. They've got Nathan Aki and they've got Ferran Torres. I'm not saying they're world beaters, but it's. It's something coming in and freshening things up. Liverpool got the inferior deal for Thiago Alcantara, in, didn't they? Um, <laughs> Arsenal have been out and they've they've secured a Bamiyang and then they they kind of freshening things up because Arteta was new, so it's his first full season. Uh, like Spurs have got Bale in and they've got a uh, Regulon in. Like every other team around seems to have done something to freshen things up, whereas United don't seem to have done that. And I don't know if it's just a bit of, I don't know if the the feeling from the fans and the, the, there must be a sense of frustration within the United players that new players aren't coming in as well. But I mean, United players know that they've been linked. United have been linked with Jaden Sancho all summer, and they must have got excited the fact that a young, up and coming, exciting English prospect is going to come and play with them. Especially like Greenwood and Rashford, they must have known him through the England youth setups. And then it suddenly doesn't happen. You must you must be a bit deflated, thinking, "What are we doing higher up?" Like it it must feed into it a bit in the in the dressing room. 
Well, they've let, he's been left out of the German Cup side. He's like the German equivalent of the Charity Shield happening today, isn't it? So, or the Community Shield or whatever it's called. But he's he, he was he's been left out by Dortmund for respiratory problems, which isn't really to which isn't linked to COVID. So, if ever there was a glimmer of hope for United that the deal's going to get done, then and that's what oh. it is. But it's, United put a bid in this week. Apparently, 91, 91 million pounds, seventy three million up front, and. And the rest, but, in, the rest in add-ons. But I was listening to something today, like from a Dortmund perspective, if Dortmund now give in and accept less than what they originally asked for at the start of the season, they lose face in terms of they've gone all... Why have they gone all summer and waited till the last week of the transfer window to get £90 million in that then they can't do anything with? Yeah. So there's no and real the, the point in them accepting... Dortmund's whole thing is that they basically sell players to big clubs. So they do this every season. So if they lose face on this transfer, it means this time next season they'll be trying to sell whoever the new big star is that they've emerged, and the club, will, look, whoever's trying to buy them, will know. Well, you just hold your nerve. Well, exactly. Back in the last minute. Well, so there's a very chance next year it'll be Holland, won't it? It'll be Erling Holland if it's if Sancho. I mean, if Sancho doesn't leave, but if he does leave this year for the price that United want to pay for him, then it, there's a very good chance that it'll be Holland next year that will go for. Well, then Real Madrid and Barcelona will just. Wait and wait and wait and get Haaland on the cheap, and yeah. they just wait for that. And then, like I say, then they'll, they'll, they've lost a big part. They've lost a big part of their team. They have no time to get someone in of equivalent, or get someone in to replace. So it's not really beneficial for Dortmund to actually sell at a at a lower rate to United. Now it would have been in the summer, but now it doesn't make sense. You've played hardball all this time. You've got to keep playing hardball. Otherwise, what's the point in playing hardball? So it, it, I mean, it just makes me think less and less that we're either we've either got to pay full whack, which I expect we will anyway, but or or it won't happen. Because surely there must be a de- there must there must be a deal to be done where United can if United are willing to pay seventy three million pound up front, then surely they must be able to think well if we sign him on a six year deal and the rest of and some of it's then paid over the next however long then surely they can. Another, I mean, I, I say another eighteen million is nothing, but however many, another fifteen million pound is nothing. If he's going to play for the next, if he's going to play for United for the next seven or eight years, oh no! If you, get, if you pay hundred twenty million for ten seasons, then yeah, it's nothing, is it? I mean, I also don't know whether one of the problems is we've not been able to offload as many players as maybe Solskjaer would have liked. So the fact that Pereira is still at the club and Rojo and a deal, yeah, and Rojo and a deal for Smart, even though. A, I quite like small, and a deal for Smalling's not been done to Roma properly. Maybe the fact that all these haven't happened hasn't freed up some kind of cash to actually get the Sancho <laughs> deal over the line, possibly. But, but out of everybody, like Smalling, who the one that went out on loan and worked last year, with the exception of obviously Sanchez, who's already left. But Smalling is is by very much in demand from most. I mean, Inter have been interested in him. Roma want to do a deal, and it's whether they whether they do or don't have the cash for him, but. I mean, if anything, he's the one that's most likely to go, and he's the one that's still there. Yeah, well, it's just... bizarre, isn't it? Because all the talk at the start of sort of this transfer window was basically all these top Serie A teams were fighting over Chris Smalling. And, you know, it seemed like the easy getting rid of it, like it'd been such a massive success sending him out on loan. They all seem to love him in Italy. And yeah, he seems to be the one who's still on United's books, at, you know, with a week to go. But but and also with no avenue back to the United first team, you know, he's not like playing in the League Cup or anything. I mean, he's just waiting for this transfer, isn't it? Well, apparently he's been training on his own as well, Smalling. He's not even been training with the, with the squad. 
So he is, he is going to go. But would you not have had him back with the with the with the form that he showed at the back end of the season playing in Italy? Would you not have had him in that defence now? Yeah, but then I think I also think like for him, maybe he just feels like that's it. Like his United career is done. Like his head might not be at United. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've shipped him out once. Then what's the point in trying to stay? Yeah, in- wasn't you pla- like it wasn't you plan once? Like I might as well, I might as well go. Like there's clearly nothing for me here. I, 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 he's at the age now where it's not like he's he's got the rest of his career ahead of him. He's in his peak years, so he, he needs to just be go out and instead of really fighting for his place every week to get maybe a couple of games, then he's dropped again. He, he just wants to be guaranteed that he's playing each week. So. But the Dembele, just, I mean, just going back to the Dembele thing before, I don't necessarily think that it's the wrong thing to suddenly be linked with somebody because that was the same with Liverpool and Jota. Like nobody, nobody had an absolute inkling that Jota was in Liverpool's thoughts whatsoever. And it turns out that they weren't going to pay the money for Sarr because they didn't see the value in it or they couldn't get the deal done because it looks like we've, we've paid. So uh, Watford had said they'd take £35 million if the money was all up front. So we've paid an extra £10 million for him, but we've paid it over, we're going to pay it over four years. So that's why we've ended up paying more money for him. So Yeah, well, you always have to have a backup plan. I mean, it, it's, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I sort of agree. I mean, the issue is that this backup of Dembele, I just don't think he's a starter because he's not going to, if he's not going to agree to come to us, then you know what's the what's the point in, in pursuing it? Is yeah, no, yeah, yeah. right sort of a backup with and you know there's this left back from Porto. They're also hardballing over, and you know they were they were going to sign this guy that's suddenly uh, whatever the name of the guy that ended up going from Real Madrid to Tottenham Hotspur. But then, that, didn't work, that didn't work out, and it sort of turns out that all along United actually had a backup plan, which was this guy from Porto who will probably happen this week and we'll have another left back. I mean, the fact that we're just getting into this last week, none of these things are sorted. And, you know, the thing I, I'd really like is to sign a centre-half and that just doesn't look like it's going to happen at all. What did what did Neville say in his tweet? Was it a centre-half, was it a centre-half, a left-back and a forward? Yeah. Well, the right, right the Jaden Sancho slot and then a centre-half and a left-back seems to be... I mean, I, I would think... I, if I had to choose between left back and a centre half, I've been watched start of the season. I'd choose a centre half, to be honest, because Maguire and Maguire looks—he looks completely out of sorts since he got arrested in Greece. Um, and there's just no real pace in that back line, is there? Like long balls over the top, and Maguire and Lindelof are struggling. Really, Luke Shaw when he's fit is. Does a good job. Brandon Williams, like I said like a few weeks ago, when he's come in, he's been an able deputy. So I don't really see the, the need in... And I'd, I'd prefer to see a local lad get a run at playing left-back to try and improve as opposed to we buy someone in for 20 million that then we stick it, we, who plays 10 games a season. I don't, I'd, I'd rather see Brandon Williams play 10 games in the season than a, a Portuguese lad. So I don't really know the point of that deal, but... Mm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, a week's a long time, isn't it? Anything could happen. But um, we might have a different tune next week when maybe United win five nil and we've got three new signings in. But at the minute, it's not. It's, you're not feeling very optimistic about things. United playing at the weekend. Oh, Spurs, isn't it? Yeah, it's Spurs on Sunday. I mean, the Spurs are flying at the minute, aren't they? So. 
Well, while we're, on the, while we're on the subject of Spurs, um, we've not spoke about Bale since he's come back. We'll mention him quickly before we jump on the City. So, do you think it's going to be never go back to your old club or do you think it's going to be a good signing for Spurs if he can ever get fit? Well, yeah, as soon as he can get fit. I mean, I, why is he not playing at the moment? I don't quite understand why he's, he's just... He's injured, isn't he? He's injured, yeah. All right, already? Yeah. He signed injured. He's got a knee injury. But Mourinho he says he's got so much motivation, he'll come back quickly. Because he played for he got, Wales, didn't he? Yeah, he got injured playing for Wales. Oh, I, think right. he came, I think he came off at half. I think he came off at half time in the second in the second game, or at the end of the game. And he played for Wales, and then he found out that he got he got injured. So I think they said after I mean, the next international break, there's a very real chance this is going to be the story for him. Oh, maybe the, all season, isn't it? He's just going to constantly be injured. And he's just spending his time updating his flag, Wales, golf, yeah. Spurs. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if if they can get him playing and get him playing well, then he'll be, he'll be a good sign. And he, and he seems to have sort of really boosted just the whole club, which I think there is sort of a value in that. Fernandez definitely did that when United signed him in January. But at the same time, yeah, it's a lot of money to spend if he just never plays. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> he's a, he's an expensive cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they could they could have lifted Rab by just getting like customized uh, <laughs> Harry Kane would have been over the moon. <laughs> well, that's just it though, because Son obviously Son's gone down with a hamstring injury now, and I don't think it's too serious. But I mean, is there going to be an actual game? Is it one of them things where we get to like game thirty-five of the season? It's the first game that Son, Kane, and Bale have actually played yeah. as, a, as a three up front together. But on paper, there is there as good of a front three as anything. At, um, I mean, the thing is, a lot of like, United's front three are scary. Liverpool's front three are scary. On paper, Arsenal's front three are scary, and Tottenham's are. There's loads of Chelsea's as well. Like it's got, it's hard to pick between them front threes as to who's the actual best front three. Well, it's not really. Well, it is. If you, I mean, you, the thing is, you have a better team behind the front three, don't you? What I'm saying is, if you stuck that from like one of those front threes in that Liverpool team. Yeah, there's not. I don't think there's many other. I don't think United's front three could play for Liverpool. If that makes any sense. I mean, I'm not saying that in, in in a negative kind of way, but they all they all have the they all play for their the way for their team, don't they? The same way that City's front three would I don't think would play very well for. Yeah, but then um, I mean, didn't United's front three outscore Liverpool's front three last season? Well, yeah, but we won the league by 18 points, so it didn't really make any difference. Yeah, but it? if you're ta- yeah, but I'm just you, saying you, if you're talking about front threes, I want my front threes to score goals and. You sound like me when Torres played for Liverpool. We scored. <laughs> we scored loads of goals. It'll be quite a lot easier for United's front three this season, because they'll have Donny Van der Beek. Whereas, you know, Liverpool's front three will be just feeding off scraps, won't they? They've got no creative midfielders. <laughs> I mean, well, we've well, signed Thiago, but I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, who's he? I mean, if we go he's... through the if we go through the deals, <laughs> so you you've got you've got an older player, we have got a younger player. <laughs> Our player scored on his debut. Your player didn't. And he gave away a penalty. Our players, our players not tested positive for coronavirus, and your player has. So, yeah, so I mean, your it's player already stacking up heavily in Donny Van Der Beek, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, by the sounds of it, I'm going to go and put some money on him getting player, uh, getting player of the year. I would, to be honest. I mean, just quickly, we, what we didn't say about Donny Van Der Beek is: Have you heard about his agent piping up? Say more. Oh, no. Uh, how this isn't the United that we thought we were signing for. Uh, Donny van der Beek's not a he's not a 
player to be playing in the cups and coming off the bench as a sub. Uh, he should be starting games. Five by the line, I thought. Oh, hang on. That wasn't good, it. is it? Three games in. That wasn't in Edwin's open letter, was it? Uh, well, no. I mean, hopefully it'll go. I, I mean, I thought, but surely that's what you do with a play that you side. You 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 ease them in, don't you? Yeah, because he didn't play. He didn't play at the weekend, did he? He might. Well, did he come on? He came on and won the corner. Oh, did he? I yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how that pans out as well. But yeah. Uh, and then just before we finish, um, thoughts on Manchester City's display uh, against Leicester? Yeah, they look really bad. I mean, I don't know if there's something in just like the way Leicester play really <laughs> felt like it's sort of thing that would catch City out, just like a long ball over the top that Jamie Vardy can chase after. But also, that's what people are going to do every week. I think it was one of those classic things where I think one of the City players came out post match. They kind of complained about the fact that Leicester had decided to play in this way that didn't suit Manchester. City. Uh, it was it was Rodri, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's not fair to just play like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I did think, what are you talking about? Every team does that against City. It's not just not one team. And it's also, it's also not against the rules to like try and play in a way that doesn't suit your opponent. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the point of football. Right. I've done some tactical analysis. And the way they like to score is by doing this. So we're going to let them. Is that all right, everyone? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the way they like to score on Sunday was um, was by penalties. I mean, three three penalties City gave away. And none of them really, not, I don't think any of them were contentious. I mean, also, no. do you think that, uh, do you think, Giving the three penalties was made easier to give it to an away team because there was no crowd. Uh, I thought they were pretty clinical penalties. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think in general, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe it is. Do you, do you think it is in general? I, I don't think so. Well, they've said, I mean, haven't they, that most more away teams have won this season than in the first three rounds of last of like the, however many seasons it's been. Like more away teams are winning more games, but I think that's just the general rule everywhere. I mean, there must be something in it because obviously it's not as intimidating for the refs, are they? is it? And they were the saying same... about, yeah, they were saying about mistakes as well. Like if a player makes a mistake, like you think about how many, like the mistake that Kepa made against Liverpool, it would have ended up being like the crowd would have been absolutely livid with what had happened. Uh, I always see, I see how it pans out during the season, but I, I, you very rarely see an away team get three penalties, do you? Oh, absolutely! And like, and I, I, yeah, I do get that they were pretty clear-cut penalties, but I mean, the last time that happened was Steven Gerrard at Old Trafford. I don't remember that. <laughs> they definitely happened because he missed the third one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, Vardy, uh, uh, Ross's favourite player, Jamie Vardy, stepping up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was bit, it was bittersweet, wasn't it? Because Carl uh, Walker gave away one of the penalties, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So at least, at least they got some joy. <laughs> I mean, from from that, what you would have liked to have happened was Walker to give away the penalty and Vardy to retaliate and get sent, and then both get sent off, wouldn't you? That oh, would have been perfect. Would, would have been dreamland. I, uh, I think City are really relying on this this lad they signed from Portugal, you know, hitting the ground running because yeah, you know, their defence oh, did look all over the show. And I, I was thinking this then there is massive pressure on him, and they've because... got a bit of a track record of. You know, making poor decisions with sent apart Laporte apart, they spent a lot of money on defenders recently. That hasn't really worked. 
Well, we spent a lot of money in general on players that haven't really. You think Cancel? What is what's he called? Cancelo. Cancelo, yeah. Every time I see his name and sixty million pound next to it, I think, wow. Uh, surely there must have been somebody in the in the youth team that would have played better at right back than him. But I don't understand how they've got it so wrong, City, because they've got they've had the same team in there that pretty much bought the squad that Pep wanted. So how have they then got it so wrong in the? in the years after that? Don't know, because they dominated the game. I think the first 25, 30 minutes, they dominated the game. They took the lead. I mean, they, they, they took the lead. I mean, Mares, I mean, he, he'd never hit the ball like that ever again with his weaker foot. I mean, it properly arrowed into the top corner, but I just thought City were just going to be on the way. And then I think they gave away the penalty, didn't they? And then Vardy scored the, um, the little delicate um, chip. And then it, all of a sudden, it's 2-1 and City looked like a different team. Yeah. even... But he brought a lap on, didn't he? I um, can't remember who he took off, but he ended up playing the 18-year-old. It's Rory Delap's son, that, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, we've not seen him on throw-ins yet, have we? No. <laughs> someone, uh, I saw, someone said when Liam Delap came on, it reminded me of the time when, um, I can't remember which keeper it was, but instead of sticking it out for a throw-in at Stoke, stuck it out for a corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. But that's why his dad must have been so good at throwing, though, because he's massive, isn't he? He's huge. But well, then he's good he don't... to see uh, City giving giving him a chance. Uh, you know, although, although I think it's been a bad week for City. I think it is sort of nice way. You know, Foden is now a real a real part of that team, isn't he? And you know, they're giving this young lad a chance, and he's sort of a, a bit of a positive. Yeah, but then do you think he'd have a chance when Jesus and Aguero are back? No, but I think most. Well, I think all the big teams would have a third striker. And, you know, I think. It wouldn't have been unreasonable for City to sign a, to have signed another strike, but they clearly decided to. Yeah, but I think once they're back, he won't even make the bench. No, he probably won't do. But I mean, that's how. But I mean, the Foden would have had to get in that way, so he would have played yeah. in the League Cup and then played a couple of games in the league. So that the thing is for City, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the score yeah, but is what I'm out. saying is, I don't even know if he'd make the League Cup bench because I think they'll play Jesus. Or, they'll play Jesus in the League Cup, and then well, they'll probably a... have Aguero on the bench. He didn't, he didn't, I don't know. I didn't see the bench tonight, but I don't think he's on it. And having him there as third choice striker is quite a big step. I mean, I think you know most teams wouldn't have. I think it, it wouldn't have been unreasonable for Manchester City to have gone out and signed Lorente or you know one of those type of players to be their third choice striker. And I think they are showing a bit of faith in him by giving him that role. I mean, yeah, they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't got rid of Aguero and said you're going to be our first choice. But, you know, I think at the same time, it is a sort of a, a, bit of a, a bit of faith in him. Yeah, possibly. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I just think Pep hasn't, apart from Foden, hasn't really got a track record of bringing youth through, has he? Uh, I think Iniesta and Xavi would beg to differ. Messi were, they not, right. were they not already there? They not already broke through by the time he took over. All right. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, you know, even when everyone's fully fit, I think it's not uncommon for Aguero and Jesus to both play, both start. So then there's a, you know, there's a decent chance he'd be on the bench, and there'll be matches when City are three 0 up at half time, and he'll get, a, he'll get a good run out. Oh well, no, fine. We'll, we'll see, won't we, as the <laughs> season goes on? Yeah, we'll agree to differ. But I'm, now, <laughs> I'm now reliant on this guy scoring ten goals this season. Aren't I? <laughs> I'll remind you. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Hopefully, it'll score more than Thiago this year. <laughs> Um, hopefully, um, I forgot what I was going to say then. Oh, well, I, City's midfield. I mean, we're talking about Roger before, who wasn't particularly quick, but City seemed to capitulate when I think he did he take Fernandinho off after about 55, 60 minutes to bring another attacker on. And that's when City just seemed to fall apart. But I don't know who is City's midfield. Is it Fernandinho, Rodri, and Gundogan? Is that it? Is that City's entire midfield? Because I don't know who else is going to play in there. Yeah, I mean, they seem short. Of, they seem short of options. Like United seem short of options. I, I, yeah, because they, they had they started off with Sterling in this false nine position and Foden out wide, which didn't really suit Foden. Kevin De Bruyne played a bit more central, which didn't really suit him because he likes to whip balls in from the right, doesn't it? like the, the mid right channel. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I'd like I say I don't. I know Ferran Torres scored tonight, um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens at the weekend, whether he gets a game, uh, maybe mixes things up a bit. But they, they, like I said, they don't. They, I said last time we spoke. I don't. I don't think from the signings they've made, unless this Ruben Diaz turns out to be amazing, that they're going to suddenly bridge the gap to Liverpool. Music to my ears. That Ross music to my ears. Hurts saying it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you do... some more football? No, no I don't that's want That's it. Yeah. Well, out. Complete football. <laughs> I mean, hopefully Just... United win at the weekend. I am, wor- I am worried about the weekend against Tottenham. But, that's, but, but, but don't forget, that's what we the, what, what we said last year, that United play better against the better team. So actually, it might not be a bad thing that you play in Tottenham this weekend, and Mourinho especially. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, won't we? Could be hungover on Monday when I turn up to work, because it's been a depressing match. Are we the, uh, are we the Sunday 4 o'clock game? With it half 4 Sunday. Half 4, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I'm off on Sunday, that suits me perfectly. Mm. There you go. Right, is there anything else we're talking about? No, that's all I've got. Nothing else you want to say, Simon? Just been another great week. Yeah, enjoy Sam, it. Before I go, did you see uh, the the non-catch in the IPL? The oh, race? Nicholas Puran, yeah. Definitely search that on social media. It's incredible. Some the of the in the IPL have been amazing. It feels like it's got cricket's almost got something like, like baseball where if you want to hit a home run, you basically need to, <laughs> to like the stand. You can't just like clear the boundary road. It's like because anywhere near a field or near the boundary, then they'll somehow manage to clamber it back. So yeah, so what would normally be a six is, is suddenly getting getting thrown back over. But yeah, that, that Nicholas Puran where he's sort of over the top of his head on the boundary, dives backwards, kind of catches it. And in midair, throws it back onto the field so it doesn't even go for six. Because originally, when I thought when I saw it, I thought there was somebody literally stood behind it that was going to catch it, but he just ended up saving the six, didn't he? No, and there was a there was another. I've been quite enjoying the IPL, and there was another IPL game a couple of days ago where Rajasthan Royals, which is Josh Butler and um, Tom Curran and Joff Archer play for, they were batting second. They were chasing about two hundred and twenty. And after about 10 overs, they're on about 110. And they lost a wicket. Steve Smith got out. So they sent in like this bowler who bats a bit 
at like number four as a bit of a pinch hitter. And he was doing really, it sort of, it wasn't really working. And like after about 15 balls, he was on about seven runs. And Kevin Peterson was commentating and they, they, they just laid it. It was just like, this is a terrible decision. Should have sent out a batsman, send a batsman out to do a batsman's job. What on earth have they done? He's lost them the game. This is terrible. Then right at the end of the game, this guy suddenly finds something, tees off, hits four sixes in a single over, wins them wow. the match. Kevin Peterson, what a great decision. What, <laughs> what a moment for the lad. <laughs> Everyone's got a short-term memory, haven't they? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Right. Until next That's week. It. I'll have a boarded out loft. Yeah. We'll get I'll more uh, more reports on that. And hopefully yeah. a, bright, a, brighter, a brighter outlook on United seasons. Yes. Oh, fingers crossed. Wait, fingers crossed. Well, it's going to be a long, depressing winter listening to us two for you, Cheezer. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully United will spend more in the next week than Ross has on, <laughs> on Steelers. <laughs> It's the other way around. They both have had a bad week. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll see you next week. See you later. later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.